boxed, ready for Saturday morning's Greyhound Racing Wrap. Across Victoria, RSN 927 is talking Greyhounds. Here's Simone Fisher. Good morning and welcome to Talking Greyhounds. Trent Mason Elder with you, joined by Simone Fisher. G'day Simone, how are you? I'm great, Trent. Um, gee, a special edition this morning, talking about the Greyhound Awards from Victoria from Thursday night at Crown. So I'll be catching up with the recent Kenkar medalist, Neil Brown, and um, also we'll be looking back at a couple of the great races from the finalists and the winners uh, throughout the year. Unfortunately, I couldn't get there due to a uh, my son taking ill, but I heard it was a great night and uh, a job well done by all, including yourself. Did you uh, enjoy the evening? Yeah, I certainly did, Trent. Look, I really love that sort of stuff, presenting, interviewing. Um, it's what I really thrive on and um, getting stories out of people that... Um, yeah, that you don't necessarily know or hear about. So it was a great great night all round, um, quite an intimate type of evening. And like, um, few we've interesting also, characters. few interesting <laughs> characters, yeah, for sure. But I think we're back on track now. We can celebrate our industry. We can celebrate racing. Um, we're back at Crown and let's do it on a grand scale again. That's great. And for those that don't know, I'm sure most people do, but for anyone who is unaware, the Greyhound of the Year is... Fanta Bale, she um, was the sprinter of the, or stayer of the year, I should say, and of course the Greyhound of the Year, and Uphill Jill, the sprinter of the year. So two very deserved Greyhounds taking out those titles. And some of the other award winners on the night? So Ashley Terry won the Ned Bryant Award, uh, which is for excellence in all areas. Metro Provincial Trainer of the Year was Andrea Daly. GRV Welfare Award went to Pam Priestley. And uh, two new inductees into Greyhound Racing's Hall of Fame were Max Wintle, a trainer, and Greyhound Arvos Jr., who we'll talk about more with Neil. Brown. Away from the awards night, what else has been making news? Uh, so briefly, another news, Trent. Um, tonight, of course, the Million Dollar Chase final at Wentworth Park. So we'll all be looking at what's going on there. We've got a very strong chance to bring this race down to Victoria for the first time. Shona Thompson has three dogs engaged in the final. Poke the Bear, Azkaban and Midnight Starlet with Poke the Bear looking the likely favourite, although he has drawn box five. The Sydney Cup's also on tonight, Trent. Um, and we only have one greyhound Billy's Bake, trained by Brett Bravo, who will be hoping to take out this feature. It's worth 75000 Yeah, uh, What do you like in the uh, Million Dollar Chase? If you had a look at the field, do you think Poke the Bear? Is that a bit of a sticky draw, box five, do you think, for Poke the Bear? Uh, oh, possibly, but I think he's just all class. He is all class, He took out he? the Terrelgan Cup, but I just think he's a dog that's been knocking on the door for a big race, and um, I think if, if, if it's ever going to be possibly... Tonight. Certainly in a rich vein of form. Uh, Top Gun Fields, uh, this was exciting. Not too far away now, the, the fields were announced. They were announced on Tuesday night. Um, tonight we will have the actual box draws, so looking forward to those. Um, six Victorians and two Western Australians have made it into the uh, Sprinters final, and the stayers are represented by Victoria, New South Wales, WA and Queensland. So that's great, a, a real national race. And we had a track record fall again this week. It did. The four ten metre Horsham track record fell for Time to Talk, trained by Angela Galea. It's, it was only by one one hundredth of a second, but um, you know they're not easy to to break. And it was only the Greyhound's second start um, from memory. It now stands at twenty two eighty nine, and six semis of the Great Chase were contested at the Meadows on Wednesday. There were a few upsets. Um, Aston Geisha, however, she's been unbeaten in her five starts to date for Anthony as a party, and is likely to start the favourite off the red box. She just seems to be improving every time. And we had the uh, eight heats of the Geelong Cup last night. Uh, we did. George Farouge will have more on this later this morning. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher.
Talking Greyhounds is presented by the Group 1 Tab Top Gun, a night of electrifying greyhound racing, Saturday, October 27. Find out more at themeadows.org.au. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher. And joining us now is our newest Ken Carr medalist, Neil Brown. And, uh, Neil, I know you were a little bit miffed about Sandown still having to race on Thursday night, but, uh, gee, it was worth coming to Crown Casino, wasn't it? It certainly was, yes. Um, you don't like to be too far away from Sandown on a Thursday night. No. So uh, <laughs> it was a little different, um, uh, not to be on course, but uh, marvellous to be uh, back at the Crown Casino. Uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful venue, uh, and it's a great night, uh, and uh, an even better night uh, for me personally. And uh, yeah, it was fantastic to have the family uh, in attendance and uh, some other uh, people. My, my great mate uh, Ronnie uh, Arnold flew down from Sydney, which uh, you know, uh, you know, was, fa- was fantastic from my perspective. Uh, that people think enough of you to uh, to come and join you uh, in, in something like that to celebrate. I was surprised to see Ron there myself. He um, came up and we had a chat as well and um, it was absolutely terrific. And Neil, your career in greyhound racing, I mean, you've had varied tasks. You've been the CEO of uh, Greyhounds Australasia at one stage or I guess the, the CEO of Greyhounds Clubs Australia. You've done a lot of historical work, lots of different things that span 50 years. Um, but I bet you've enjoyed every minute of it. I really have. Uh, from that very first night, I went to Olympic Park as a as a young fellow uh, in my teens. Um, I, I just immediately um, fell in love with the with greyhounds and greyhound racing uh, and just the whole aspect of it. And uh, and uh, I've been lucky to be given opportunities to do uh, different parts of the industry. Uh, I enjoyed training and a little bit of breeding and uh, and the administration roles have just come along and. Uh, yeah, I think uh, if you're really passionate about something, um, it's easy to uh, go from one thing to another. But uh, look, I've met uh, just an unbelievable amount of terrific people, and, and, and you and I know Simone and Trent as well. That you know the greyhound industry is is um, jam packed with with wonderful people, and I think it's all about the people and and uh, you know their love of the sport and the devotion and. Uh, it's a very time-consuming exercise to have greyhounds, and uh, you know uh, they show tremendous dedication to stay in it. And uh, yeah, I've enjoyed uh, every minute of everything that we've done, and uh, just to interview people and to write stories about them and, and to do different bits has been fantastic. Brownie, congratulations, mate! I'm absolutely stoked for you. For those that are unaware, um, myself included, talk us through your journey in greyhound racing. How did you actually first get involved in the sport? I was waiting for footy finals tickets uh, way back uh, in the in the late 60s with uh, with a couple of guys that I went to um, Clayton Technical School with, and uh, uh, one was a, a punter even at that stage, and uh, took me over to uh, Olympic Park. You, you, you could leave your spot in the queue uh, for somebody to look after and uh, have a couple of hours off. And uh, yes, and of course I lived in Springvale, um, brought up in Springvale, which I was very close to Sandown Park. My neighbour had trained dogs in the 40s, uh, so I talked him into, uh, what about we uh, we go back into it? He was a friend of uh, Paul Hogan's, a leading trainer in Victoria. So it just rolled on then. We, we got a couple of dogs, and uh, and I started training, and uh, the late David McLean, Snowy as he was known, uh, we had a great time, and uh, it just went on from there. Uh, 
I was a regular at Sandown and uh, having my bets put on and uh, padded zoom top in the car park when I was selling form guides at one stage and uh, yeah and uh, it just it just went on the journey just continued um, got an opportunity to do some community radio and then got an opportunity off uh, from the late Steve Cairns who was marvellous to me to, to join um, RSN, um, it was uh, 3UZ at the time, um, you know, and worked with Ronnie Hawkswell and did all sorts of things, but been able to make videos and uh, write a lot of uh, uh, articles and things, so uh, one thing has led to another, and I was delighted even to be uh, able to bring out two or three of the stud books, so, you know, uh, when I was uh, at uh, the ANZGA, which I was there when we transitioned it into Grains Australasia, so it's... Uh, you can jam a lot, lot into 50 years, Trent, that's for sure. And, Neil, another couple of awards on the night, and I know you've been on the panel with me, are the Hall of Fame, and we had two very deserved inductees, a greyhound, Arvos Jr., and also a very colourful figure, trainer, Max Wintle. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't even know where to start with Max Wintle. I mean, he's got a career that's spanned decades. Um, it was after he had finished national service he got into greyhound racing in the late 1950s. Um, as we all know on Thursday night, I mean, he could write a book, we could have a, you know, like a mini-series I guess on his life in greyhounds but how thrilled were you to see him up there? I thought it was just marvellous and I felt for you so much. Uh, <laughs> I, I've been in the same position with, uh, with the late Jack Bell, uh, Jack was 93 uh, when we had an Agra. I remember that. I know. I was feeling... Yeah. I knew exactly. Simone and uh, Jack uh, did, did what Max did. Uh, and, but not as entertaining, Neil. No, not as entertaining as uh, Max was. Uh, Max is a real raconteur and uh, uh, what, what he's done in greyhound racing, it should be in a book somewhere. And, and I know he was great mates with the late Les Merry, who we lost uh, this year. And Les was a similar sort of a character there. They're absolutely one one of a kind and uh, didn't he have some wonderful stories and and the way he spoke about um, you know someone of uh, Lindsay Fox who we know so well through business and uh, you know a, a billionaire but uh, he knew Lindsay when he wasn't a billionaire and mm. uh, and I think Lindsay would have been delighted to have uh, been able to talk about Max as well but uh, they're wonderful stories and and I, I don't think uh, the crowd um, on the night, um, you know, uh, worried at all uh, how long, you know, the, the, it was going for. Really, they gave him a tremendous amount of respect and uh, and uh, listened to everything he had to say. And uh, he wasn't short of an. I think he had a few more stories there, Simone. Yeah, he, yeah. I just had a floor manager, um, you know, <laughs> telling me to wind it up. But um, the other interesting thing about Max that we didn't even get a chance to talk about was he's travelled to over well, every track in Australia pretty much and trained winners on 66 tracks wow. around Australia. I mean, yeah. that's, that's, that's a phenomenal bucket list. Who would ever come up with that idea? I guess someone like Max, he's just <laughs> such a larrikin. Well, they would just turn up wherever, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, Mark Pearson told me one of his jobs at one stage was to make sure they found out where Max was yes. uh, and whether he'd won <laughs> a race at whatever track uh, that, that he'd got to, you know. I thought he's. Um, I, I was absolutely delighted. His daughter spoke so beautifully uh, on the did. video about her father. I, I, look, I, I, I realise it, it's not difficult to talk about your father, but uh, there was an enormous amount of love and respect there, wasn't there? And, oh, uh, there sure was. Uh, she just spoke beautifully, and uh, yeah, he, he's a character. I, 
I think he, I, he, he had trapped uh, Ronnie Arnold on my way out. Right, okay. <laughs> and I was saying goodbye to both of them, and uh, he was giving Ronnie a few stories that he hadn't uh, that he hadn't even departed with uh, when, on the night uh, uh, when, when he was up on stage. No, he, it was um, it was marvellous, and uh, um, yeah, just a very unique um, entry into the Hall of Fame, and for all the right reasons, um, you know, he's dedicated his entire life, virtually to greyhound racing, hasn't he? He has, and just quickly, Arvo's Jr., another chaser that um, certainly deserves to be there. And, I mean, like you mentioned, he's very unconventional preparation for a Nationals distance final in Adelaide where the Greyhound was left in the car in the car park while everyone else was having dinner the night before. But he comes out and wins a National distance and um, and a Sandown Cup. It was another great story. Yes, uh, interesting. I hadn't seen George for some time and uh, saw him last night uh, before we went in. Um, had a good chat with him and uh, he's doing well and uh, yeah, a bit of an unconventional uh, trainer and uh, as you as you uh, pointed out with the breeding side of it as well, it was uh, something most different uh, to what we would probably be used to. Um, you know, they, they, they got Arvo's Junior's mother for breeding and uh, she come on season so they before she raced they, they bred with her and uh, he was a marvellous chaser, a real iron dog. He, uh, he uh, could sprint and stay, um, you know, equally as well, probably. Uh, but he, he really made a name for himself as a stayer. He was, uh, he was almost invincible at one stage there of his career. He, uh, they couldn't beat him at all. Uh, but, uh, yes, he, he always had all that, um, all that wrapping. I think he referred yes, to uh, the vet wrap. <laughs> all four legs, and uh, you know, uh, it was it was significant to him. You, you know, it was him coming uh, through the field. Uh, yeah, he was a marvellous chaser and well deserved to be uh, recognised in the Hall of Fame. And uh, George and Kari were were absolutely wrapped uh, um, to to have him there. You know, um, Junior. Uh, the, these sorts of dogs are very special to the connections, aren't they? You know, they they, they have wonderful memories. Uh, long-lasting memories of, of, of the greyhounds and what they achieve, uh, and it was it was terrific. Yeah, it's a it's a, one of the great parts of the night, the Hall of Fame, a uh, favourite uh, pastime of mine. Uh, coming up with uh, who should be in it, and uh, I've been delighted to be on panels for quite a while now. Well, Brownie, don't go anywhere. We're going to come back and get your thoughts on Uphill Jill and Fanner Bale. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher. Racing and Fandabar was first at a stride, going up quickly. Champagne Sally on the outside, just in behind them. There came Jalapeno, followed by Quick Jagger. Two lengths away, then came Packy, keeping followed by Rip and Sam. And Wobbeck Scott keeping at every rip of the tail, a lap to go. And the leader here was Champagne Sally, got away into the straight by four or five. Fandabar was second up to third spot. There was Quick Jagger. They were followed then by Packy, keeping Jalapeno. Then came Rip and Sam the outside, followed by Scott, keeping at every rip of the tail, coming off the back straight. Champagne. Sally Grant, a length and a half to the great fan of Bale, followed then by Quick Jagger third, four lengths away, Rip and Sam is really starting to wind up very quickly in the straight though, fan of Bale moved up on the outside, takes the lead, and the mighty fan of Bale has won the zoom top Rip and Sam flashed up for second, then Quick Jagger third. And not only has she created history by being the highest ever stakes earner, earning over $1.3 million, she is now the back-to-back Victorian Greyhound of the Year, Neil, and wasn't that a tough win, that zoom top? Yes, oh, look, wonderful memories of Fanta Bar. She um, she was a marvellous chaser, and uh, she did it all. Um, just kept rewriting the record books, and uh, they almost couldn't beat her, could they? Um, you know, um, she she looked beaten on a few occasions, and uh, and would find a way. And 
Yeah, well, it's a very, very difficult to do win back-to-back uh, Greyhounds of the Year to keep the standard uh, to that uh, level for a couple of years was marvellous and uh, she's as good as we've ever seen. Um, you know, I, I waited a long time to compare a dog to Zoom Top, but I, I think they're on a par, you know, um, without any shadow of doubt. And uh, never, I've never seen one better than Zoom Top uh, versatility, but I think Fanta Bale is the closest we're ever going to get. And she was retired in March, and you, you tend to forget already yep. because we've had two sensational yeah. stays come up, and you forget what she's achieved. But mm. in the 2017-18 year, she's won four Group 1s as well. So, yes, yeah. you know, um, look, um, we, they don't come along very often, don't they? It's, they don't. You know, they, they're, they're one of a kind and uh, uh, marvellous that we've been able to follow up with, with dogs like Tornado Tears and that uh, straight on the back of Fina Bale. So it's been a long... And, and, you know, not that long ago, Fernando as well. So we've had a succession of really super, super-duper dogs. All right, let's uh, move on now. And uh, here's a replay of Uphill Jill winning the Top Gun. Racing and away pretty fast. Ando back on the inside. Great speed from Uphill Jill out wide. Uphill Jill's going to clear the field around the first turn. Great acceleration from the near the extreme outside. Boot by three lengths down the back from Ando's back third is Aston DB. Going up the inside there came Aquagina making ground. Raw ability followed further back by Striker Light. And then came Lightning Frag and Mr. Twister coming off the back straight. Uphill Jill well clear. Four or five lengths clear. Aston DB running a great second. Followed by Ando's back. But it's uphill, Jill. A great winner of the Top Gun. Second home is Aston. And Neil, that was the night that she finally cracked a Group 1 final and um, what a celebration it was for Dave and Rose Gill. She went on to win the Group 1 Golden Easter Egg and was crowned the Sprinter of the Year last night at Crown Casino. She was also placed a further six, six times at group level throughout, throughout the 2017-18 uh, calendar year and uh, just a remarkable chaser as well. She was uh, maintained a you know high standard. Uh, was race top company um, you know almost all year and uh, was in so many finals and uh, was very deserving when she broke through. I was in Sydney when she won the egg. What a marvellous performance! And what a race that was. Uh, I always will remember Timmy Newbold's call uh, of the Easter egg. But uh, yeah, the Top Gun was a great win and a very popular couple, um, David and uh, Rose and. Uh, geez, uh, don't they speak so fondly about uh, Jill? And uh, yeah, she's you know um, she maintained uh, uh, she raced qu- quite often, didn't she, Simona? She did. um, yes. And, um, you know she never missed much at all, and uh, and just about made every final she competed uh, in. And uh, as uh, another one of you know had that terrific sort of um, with Striker Light that the two wonderful bitches uh, went head to head quite a bit and uh, sh- sort of shared uh, big race successes, didn't they? That they sure did. They were the dynamic duo for quite some time and great to see them both up for Sprinter of the Year last night as well as Aston DB, but um, she really do- did deserve it uphill, Jill. Well, Neil, look, it's been wonderful talking to you this morning, um, reminiscing about some past memories and also Thursday night and um, I think we are back. We're back at Crown, so um, let's hope that we can continue celebrating our terrific sport. That would be fantastic and I'm looking forward to next year already. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher. Talking Greyhounds is presented by the Group 1 Tab Top Gun, a night of electrifying greyhound racing, Saturday, October 27. Find out more at themeadows.org.au. What's making news around the kennels? 
All right, Simone, into the home stretch on Talking Greyhounds. Who's your run of the week? Oh, Black Opium, wasn't she? Impressive. Yeah, 20, 29.34 at Sandown. First up, her city debut. Um, but she come off her four starts for four wins previously and uh, a terrific run at Bendigo, one by 13 lengths last week. So... I think she is one to look out for, and whether or not she heads to the Melbourne Cup, um, who knows? Gee, that uh, Thompson kennel, they're short on good dogs, aren't they? <laughs> Send uh, a few our way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, last week's dog to follow? Uh, blistering for the Thompsons. Um, it hasn't been drawn in a race uh, this week, but keep watching out for it. And my dog to follow this week, apart from black opium, the ob- obvious, is Aston Geisha, hoping to make it six from six in the Great Chase final on Wednesday. What's your best bet tonight? Race two, number six at the Meadows tonight. Miss Innings, um, a seven-dog field. She drops in class and has been in the money over 50% of her starts this trip. She's got plenty of early pace with a vacant box inside, so watch out for the Ricky Ponting-owned Miss Innings. Plenty been happening in the world of greyhounds. What about what's coming up? Great Chase final Wednesday at the Meadows, Geelong Cup next Friday and Top Gun next Saturday. All right, Simone, we say keep those tails wagging as we say goodbye and uh, we'll be back next week. Sure will. We'll be uploading the best of today's Talking Greyhounds to rsn.net.au.